Happy New Year. I hope 2016 is better than 2015, and in fact, I believe it can be, and we're starting a new series today about changing the climate. I'm excited about this series. For the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about what it looks like if we can approach uh, a new year with the new ideas, some new tools maybe you've never had before, and be able to help you just accomplish uh, some, some, something really great. Uh, there's a lot of churches that we learn from around the nation that are just doing some great things. One of these churches is in Atlanta called North Point, and so we've adapted a series they did called uh, Climate Change, and we're going to take this, take take uh, the, the heart and ideas of this and walk through it the next few weeks. Uh, I have um, um, a while back, a few years ago, I, as a pastor, um, and not, it's not unique in the sense that what I do is different than what you do. Uh, we have we, there's some similar experiences, but there was a, a few years ago something that took place. Um, I w- there was a betrayal that happened to me, and there was um, all these different things that just kind of happened at the same time. It's kind of like this, you know, the perfect storm. All these things started coming together, and I was really hurt, and I was really upset. And I went to a mentor. He's a, another pastor. In fact, he's been a pastor longer than I've been alive. And so he just has a great track record and have a lot of experience. And I went to him, and we were talking. And as we were, we were talking through um, these, these feelings that I had, I asked him this question uh, because he's gone into all these different churches and kind of went and cleaned up messes and kind of you know, started churches and just, just all these different experiences in church, people that are mean, people that are grumpy, you know, all these things that, that take place and that can happen sometimes in the local church. Um, and and he, just, he faced a lot. And I said, how is it? You've been in ministry so long. You've been a pastor for so long. That you're not cynical, you're not you're not hard towards people, um, because I know I have other pastors that know that uh, they haven't been in ministry that long, but but they they have this this bent. There's something that's taking place that has made them just when when it comes to people, it, it can be really frustrating and really difficult. And I asked him, what what is it? What is about you that's different? Because uh, I was frustrated, I was I was mad. I was like, these people, they're just they're dumb. They made some dumb choices, and and I'm on the on the other side of the receiving end of this, and I don't like it. I don't like how I feel. And and he said this. He said, Eric, this is what you have to understand. He said, people are people. People, they're not the enemy, they're just people. Because sometimes we think, you know, something happens that they're actually the enemy. They're just people that have free will, that have the ability to make a choice. And he said, that's the first part of it. The second part of it, he said, is this. He said, "Um, just like they were susceptible to making bad, poor choices and poor decisions, so are we. He said said it like this. He says, we're all just one decision away from stupid. That's what he said about himself. He says, I'm just, he says, what helps me not to get frustrated with other people is I realize I could be that on the other side of this, this other side of this table. I could be the other person in this equations. We're all just one decision away from stupid. And the good news, though, is that we are all just one decision away from better as well. Uh, the choice is ours. And, and he says, when we keep that in, in, in perspective, it helps us to understand every decision we make could lead to something like that. And there will be somebody on the receiving end of that. And so today we're going to be talking about climate change. In fact, he, he drew a picture for me. He said, this is, this is what happens sometimes. And he drew a picture. It's a little square, and he put a house, you know, a little house there, a picture, you know, wood-burning house, you know, and, and uh, nice trees around it. He wasn't a good drawer. I just used stick figures, if you can imagine. And, and in this house, he had it there, and he, there's like a picture for him. He says, he says this is what happens when, when we feel something like anger or hurt or betrayal. He says, we, we kind of see life like this. This is our house, and this is what we see, and maybe we could draw some toilet paper around the house, somebody toilet paper at our house or whatever. And he said, we, we look at this picture, and that is our reality. All we see is the hurt and the betrayal and whatever we're going through. He says, but the truth is, that's only a part of the picture. And then he drew a bigger square around the little square, and he drew some mountains and some trees. And he said, this is the, this is the reality. This is just a part of it, but there's something larger going on. And he says, when, when, when you can keep the correct perspective, you'll make better choices 
And you, you'll less likely go down the path of stupid because you're saying, I want to make the path, go down the path of better. I want to see things improve in my life. If I didn't have him at that moment to help me to process and evaluate and, and to reflect back to me what I didn't see, it's possible I could become cynical. I could become hard towards people, especially those that betrayed me, be very angry and hold on to things. But because I had somebody in my life that says, all right, I'm going to help you see something that you don't see, trust me. Let's move forward with this. It helped me. So 2016, one of the most important things in your life is the emotional and relational climate of, of, of those around you, with yourself and with others. It's, it's one of the most important things. In fact, it affects us so much. You, you know this. When, when, you, um, when something, you have an encounter with somebody that is having a bad day, it, it, it affects you. It begins to change your climate of how you're feeling and how, what you're going through because it's contagious. Our attitudes, our perspective, the way we view life, they're contagious. And we can share a better climate or we can catch a negative climate. And when it comes to that, um, one of the things we say here at the Grove Law is that healthy people do healthy things. In 2016, you know, it's important to be healthy. You know, resolutions, we, we, we think a lot about physical health, right? We, we want to go to the gym, all these things. Sometimes we neglect the spiritual health and sometimes we even neglect our emotional health. But a healthy people, there's, there's all these different parts of us and components that need to become healthy. What if in 2006 we begin to make choices that help us become healthy emotionally, relationally, physically, spiritually? Because that, that's really the end of 2016 will determine um, what we start, how the way we start will determine how we end. In fact, last week we talked about it. A lot of times it's easier when we think small changes. If you didn't, if you didn't catch last week's message, go here on the podcast or pick up a CD on the outside. We talked about these, how little changes can make a big impact. Well, how we decide the path we'd be going to go walk on is going to determine where it ends at the, at the end of this. So healthy people do healthy things. The reason they're healthy is because they do healthy things. In fact, if you show me an unhealthy relationship between two people or multiple people, I can show you um, people who are choosing to do and to say things that are unhealthy. The reason they're unhealthy is because they're doing unhealthy things. It seems so simple, Right? But sometimes it's, it's how, do we, how do we live this out? How do we walk this out? So here's, here's all today as we talk about um, um, our, our climate and really the forecast of 2016 or this next week. The forecast of our relationships will remain the same until the climate changes. So the relationships you have, all right, it, we, can, we can predict the forecast of how those relationships will play out just by the climate in those relationships, if I can see the climate of two people, if they're both angry, we can see it's not going to play out very good if they continue to stay in that, in that emotion, in that, in that mode. If their climate doesn't change, it's pretty easy to predict what the forecast will be, what it's going to play out to be. And so the forecast, 2016, actually will be like 2015 if we don't change things. The forecast 2016 will look a lot like 15 unless the climate changes in our life. Now, for you that had a great 2015 and everything's perfect, keep doing what you're doing. That probably means you're making healthy choices and you're doing right. But if there's areas in your life where you say, I can improve, I can get better, man, I really wish I could fix that, why don't we start this year by saying, let's start the year off by making those sometimes hard choices and those hard, those hard decisions uh, to fix things that, that sometimes get out of whack and, and get unhealthy. And then we invite God in this process and say, God, help us to move forward with this. Because 2016 can be better than 2015 if we choose it. And if we make choices and we begin to walk down those. When... when um, well, let's, let's see how this plays out. Um, in, in the Bible, we see, well, let me, before I go to the Bible, there, there's been some studies in the, in the business world 
lately that they, they found out, you know, we make a big deal about IQ, how, how uh, the intelligent quotient, how smart people are, how they can process information. Well, they've done some sturdy studies, the business school of Stanford University, and uh, there's been some books out, uh, one by Daniel Goldman called, um, um, I just forgot the name of it right now. Um, I think it's called Emotional Intelligence. Um, and they, they found that the EQ is, is just as important, if not more important, than the IQ. EQ means our emotion, emotional co- quotient. What, what they say is, uh, essentially what they're saying is, the way we ga- engage others, the way we can read others' emotions, and the way we uh, and understand how our, our emotions and our climate affects others will really determine how good of leaders we are, how, how well our relationships will be. Like, like the emotional climate and our relationship climate with others is so important. It's going to determine our success in life. In fact, this is the number. This, this could be one of the greatest career killers, or the, the one that makes your career success is how you can uh, engage others when it comes to relation, the relational climate, and how you manage your own emotions and, and your climate in your life. So it's really important as we as we go through this. In fact, um, in the Bible, uh, some some religious people in multiple occasions came to Jesus and said, "All right, Jesus, you, you claim to be the Son of God. Like there's all these laws that, that the prophets gave us and." Um, um, all these things that you tell us to do out of the bible they said so so essentially they said what is the most important thing for us to do out of all this like just just summarize it for us and jesus said this he said the most important commandment is this to love god with all your heart soul mind and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself jesus boiled down all the commandments in the bible down to two well one thing relationship relationship with god and relationship with people so that's what it's all about. That is the game. That is what we're trying to accomplish. All the other stuff, it's peripheral. You know, it's not the most important. He said the most important thing is having a right relationship with God and having a healthy and right relationship with others. It's so important that we get this right for 2016 because it can improve how we engage with others, how, how much joy we find in life, and it'll help um, limit and minimize how much other people affect us when it comes to their climate, when it's, when it's stormy. And we, we cannot catch some of their stuff. We, we see this story in the Bible uh, in Genesis 4. Uh, you know, business, business talks about it. Well, throughout the Bible, all these principles that we find that work, um, they're in the Bible. In our culture, when we find principles that work, you can find them in the Bible. Because the, the principles of the Bible, they work. And there's a story in Genesis 4. That's what it says, and starting in verse 2 of chapter 4. It says, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain, his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. So we see the emotional climate of Cain off the bat. Him and his brother bring offerings to God. God accepts one. He doesn't accept the other. And what does Cain do? He gets upset. The, his, we can see the climate right there, right? the emotional climate of his life, the relational climate that's about to, to begin to, to, to move and, and happen. He was very angry, and his face was downcast. Anger. He was in an emotion. And the Lord says to Cain, so God talks to Cain and says, Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Like I'm, essentially, what, what my mentor did to me, kind of he reflected back to me something I didn't see myself. Help me a better perspective. This is what God was doing to Cain. He's kind of saying, all right, I want to reflect back something to you that you can't see yourself. I want to reflect something to you. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. 
Or another translation says, or you must master it. He gives Cain this picture, saying, hey, you're angry, all right? And uh, let me tell you why I didn't accept your offering. He says, he's a, you, you, you haven't, I'm not accepting it because it's not right. But if you do what's right, I'll accept it. He gives Cain this option to, to, to choose to, to, to make a, a wise decision or to continue on in the emotion that he's feeling. And he gives this picture. If sin is crouching at your door, it's waiting to devour you and overtake you. Cain, if you go continue down this emotion of, of anger in this path, it's, sin is going to overtake you and destroy you. So he's essentially saying you need to change the climate. You need to change the climate. I, I can picture this big animal outside the door, and he's saying, Cain, don't go out the door. Don't walk that door. It's not a good choice. 2016, there's going to be a lot of options, a lot of choices. How do you know what one's the right one to make? Now, what are those choices we make? Are they going to lead to something that overtakes us and destroys us? And God says, essentially what he's saying is this, be aware of your emotions, but don't become your emotions. Be aware of them. Understand them. Emotions are good. They, they help us. They protect us. They, 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 can, they can drive us in the right direction. But it's only if we don't become our emotion. See, Cain, he became what he felt. It was no longer just an emotion. Now it was his climate. And he got stuck in it, and he couldn't get out of it. Essentially, we have to either master, we have to learn to master our feelings so they don't master us. We can't be led by, by our feelings, by emotions. 2016, if you let your emotions lead, you will not like where you end up, I promise. Because emotions take us astray. All it takes is one person to cut you off on traffic and you understand how your emotions can lead you astray, right? Or one person in the line say something rude to you. It's like, oh, who do they think they are? And your climate begins to change, right? Because if you're led by your emotions, you're gonna, it's, whatever comes your way is going to help determine where you're going to go. We have to be the people that say we're going to master our feelings and not let them master us. So the story continues on. In fact, this is how Cain responds to God. Exactly, silence. He doesn't even talk to God and, 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 and engage in the conversation. The next, the next verse says this. The next sentence says, Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? He says, I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? God knew what happened. The emotion became what, le- what directed Cain's life. And, and it led to death. And I, I don't think any of us go out because we're upset at somebody and go kill somebody. But if, if, if our emotions master us, they can, lead, they, they can kill relationships in our lives. If we don't change the climate, it can lead to a death in relationships with other people. The good news is if we learn to control them and, 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 and master our emotions and, and um, change our climate, we can actually bring healing to our life and to other people's lives. And that's the kind of people God is looking for. That can say, can you, can you handle this? Can you, can you manage these emotions? Can you imagine if Cain would have engaged with God and said, all right, I guess you're seeing something I don't see. You're reflecting back to me something that I don't see. Here, here's, what the, here, here's the truth. So, so Cain was, you can see the, the, the climate, the relational climate, the emotional climate in Cain's life at that moment in that story. He's angry. He's downcast. He doesn't want anything to do with what God has to say. But there's another climate at play here, and it's God's climate. This is what the psalmist says about God. Psalm 62:11 says, You, O God, are a God of strength, and you, O God, are a God of of tenderness. He gives this beautiful picture of God. He's a God of strength, but he's also a God of tenderness. 
His climate at play here is a God of strength saying, Cain, I can't accept that offering because I'm a God of strength. Like, I'm not going to accept something that's not unacceptable. You're not doing it correctly. I'm not going to honor it. But if you do what's right, I'll honor it. But then he's a God of tenderness that comes and says, Cain, man, there's, there's sin that wants to overtake you and destroy you. Like, I want to give you a way out. I want to help you. And this is God. This is a characteristic of God. He's, he's stable. He's consistent in this. He's a God of strength, but he's a God of tenderness. He wants to help us in whatever situation we find ourselves. And he invites us into that. If it's all about relationships, it starts with God. He wants to have, have good relationship with us. And then here's the other part. He wants us to have good relationships with other people. He wants your relationships to succeed with your coworkers, with your family members, with your kids, with your parents, with your neighbors. He wants you to succeed in those areas. And he invites you to say, would you, would you ha- let me help you see what you don't see. Here, here's kind of the challenge that we want to do um, this week for you for the first week. It's going to be a, it's going to require a lot of courage, all right? And uh, it, it's going to take take a, a lot of boldness. It's not going to cost you anything, but it's going to it's going to take you to be courageous to step out and do something maybe you've never done before. Imagine when, when I talked to the, the mentor that when I was going through that hard time, and he was reflecting back something to me that I didn't see myself. Um, I could ignore it. I could have not sought out help. I could have not sought out counseling. I could have just went at it like Cain and got myself into some, some you know, problems. Um, the information's there. It's always there. But it, it's up to us to seek it out. It's up to us to be able to hear it and learn about it. Um, I've, I've, I've done um, a few things like this where, um, I don't know you've heard of a 360 or where, where you get people that you work with or people that in your life to kind of do these surveys to kind of help uh, give you a gauge for where you're at, your strengths, your weaknesses how they perceive you. Essentially, they reflect back to your climate. Um, the, the thing about the information that comes to you, it's actually neutral information. It doesn't feel neutral because, you know, some things are surprising and you feel like, this is really great. They, they like me. I'm a, I'm a great, great person. And then other things come and you're like, oh, they got that wrong. They should have checked something different. But it's neutral. It's up to us to, to do something with that information. We either get angry like Cain and use it in a negative way or we... We engage what, like God wants us to and says, how can I get better and learn from this? Here's the question I would like you to ask three people this week. What is it like to be on the other side of me? What is it like to be on the other side of me? When I asked my friend, pastor friend, I was essentially saying, all right, I'm, I'm not seeing something here. You know, when you're driving, you know, blind spots are really important, right? Like you have to learn about blind spots because if not, you're going to take out some car. It's going to cost a lot, of da- a lot of money and damage. Well, well, we all have blind spots in our lives, in different relationships, in different areas of our lives. And we need others around us to say, hey, that's a blind spot. Be careful. Man, don't go down that way. It's a blind spot. God was telling Cain, Cain, you have a blind spot. Your reality is that little house at this moment. That's not the big full picture. There's something larger here. There's something better for you. If you'll zoom out, let me show you reality. What if you ask three people in your life, different maybe areas of your of your um, of relationships. And maybe another way you could put it is like this. Is there anything that I can't see? Like, do you see something in me that I don't see myself? That might be a little more, you know, a way to ask where you don't maybe get your feelings hurt so much. But here's the truth. When you ask somebody, you open yourself up, you're vulnerable, you're saying, I'm going to be courageous and ask this. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to learn some new information. It's going to be like, you know, some good stuff that's going to come to you like, this is awesome. You're probably going to get your feelings hurt a little bit. Because when somebody says something that's not the best, you're like, oh, wow, that, I, didn't, I didn't expect that, jerk. Like, why'd you tell me that? You asked me. 
right? You could get your feelings hurt. So if, if you're not prepared for this, it can actually work backwards, you know? So if, if you're like, if you're a husband and wife and you're already having a fight, you don't want to ask at that moment, like, what is it like to be on the other side of me? Like, let me tell you. Like, that's not a good climate to ask in, right? So you want to make sure the sun, sunshine is over the person's head, you know? Like, this is a good climate to ask this question. Um, or we can get ourselves in trouble. But we have to understand when, when they reflect back to us, maybe something we don't see reflect back to us who we are. We have, we have two options. We get upset and angry and reject it, not learn from it, maybe even hurt the relationship a little more. Or we could be willing to say, all right, I don't maybe necessarily like how this feels. Some things you're going to like, they're going to say good things. But there's going to be some things you're going to be like, yeah, this kind of hurts. But if you want 2016 to be better, we have to sometimes face those things that are challenging and difficult to ask. Right? When you go to the gym, we have, we have a, um, a, train, a, personal, uh, a trainer, a personal trainer that comes to our church. And we sometimes go play racquetball and we talk, you know, about, about exercise stuff. And, he's, and um, when we go exercise, you know, we expect, we don't expect just to sit and eat food and watch everybody else, right? I mean, that would be really nice. Like, that would be, like, easy if it made, made us better. But when we go to exercise, we have to put something in that's going to make us sweat, maybe make us a little sore. It's going to hurt. Why? Because we want to get better. Same applies when it comes to emotional health and relational health. We have to be able to ask those things that push back against us, against our comfort, against our ego, against us being the center of everything, and allow people to actually answer. Throughout the 17 years of being a pastor, I, I um, have seen people over and over. They, they want to improve their life. They come. They say, I want to be part of this. I want to learn. I want to grow. Um, I, want, I want to learn from you. I want to, I want to get better. And then um, when, you, when you give them advice, they sometimes they receive it and they take that and they become better and other times they take it as an offense and they're like oh this is not what i wanted i'm out of here and over and over i see i see this happens because um the people that that are willing to ask the hard questions and and ask for help usually make make the most progress and the most improvement professional players they're professionals but they still have a coach who's telling them hey you're not doing that very good Every, every um, I don't know if it's Sunday after the game they, or the Monday, the next day, they watch all of the mistakes they made the day before. Wouldn't that be horrible? Like every single week you have to go watch all the mistakes you made. Why? Because they want them to get better. Sometimes we have to, we have, to have people reflect back to us and we have to see the things that we don't see so we can become better. Like what if you had this rain cloud above your head and you didn't even know it? That's how people perceived you. And you begin asking and they say, well... You know, you're kind of grumpy when you come in. We don't know what to, we're walking eggshells around you, and we don't know what to say or do. And you could receive that like, well, you're, you know what? You know, or you can be like, I'm so sorry, I didn't know that. And process it. Let, let me kind of, let me maybe help you see this in, in, a, in a, a way that would help you understand the importance of 2016 and how we can make this a great year. Um, I'm going to show you a picture of a man named Steve Jobs. Now, when he, when he first started his company, this was their vision for their company. All right? They didn't want to just make good products, which they did. I love Apple products. I have a, a few of myself. You probably every, I don't know if every person in this room might have maybe one gadget or device that you know they made. Um, unless you're Android and you're like, boo, Apple, right? So, but this is, this is what they said. They said, I want, to put, I want to put a ding in the universe. This was their vision for Apple. They want to put a dent in the universe. Like, they want to make such a big difference, like, it's noticeable. People noticed. They saw. They took notice. Apple's done really good. Great company. Done a lot. Helped a lot of things and created some great, great um, technology. 
done amazing things. Well, in, in the book, Steve Jobs, there's these, these pictures inside the book. There's a picture inside the book of him at his computer. Um, and, and it's the year and the, around the same time that he found out that he had cancer. 2004, he just found out he had cancer. And, he's, and, he's, and it's a picture. The, the photographer took a picture of him looking at an Apple computer. And you know, after he finds out about having cancer, do you know what he's looking at? Let me show you. He's looking at the most important things. It's not Apple stock. It's not the next most important. It's not the next thing they're going to design. What he's looking at is his wife and his son. Because when we understand that life is, is, is limited and life is actually short in comparison to eternity, man, things change. The moment he found out he had cancer, he began to process things a lot differently. It wasn't Apple stock that he's looking at on that computer. It wasn't a plan for the next decade. It was, how is this going to impact my family? Remember, they asked Jesus what the most important things. He said, love God and love people. Have a right relationship with God. Have a healthy relationship with, with people. It's about healthy relationships. When it comes to our life, the truth is the forecast of our relationships will remain the same until the climate begins to change. forecast 2016 is going to remain the same as 2015 in prior years unless the climate changes this week will be like last week unless we do something different you've heard the definition of insanity right doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result i think at times all of us are insane because we keep doing things over and over and over hoping something different is going to change something different is going to come about but the answer is actually we have to begin to do something different what if this year we've been to say, let's be proactive and let's say, how can we change the climate in our lives? And how can we help change the climate in other people's lives? Because it's all going to stay the same until you begin to change and, and do something different. So this is our challenge, to ask three people the question, what is it like to be on the other side of me? What is it like to be on the other side of me? And then when you get the answer, don't just get offensive, don't run away what if you took that, those answers and you, you took them to God and you asked him, what is it like to be on their side of me? What, what they're saying, I don't necessarily maybe like. Some things are great, but some things are kind of hard to hear. What would I do with this information? How can I, how can I do this? I have a friend that um, um, comes to the church. We were talking about raising kids, and he, he's, he's years ahead of our, our stage in life of our kids. He's gone through our stage and we're talking about um, one of the, the, the challenges I had with one of my kids. Um, and in it, he said, hey, this is what I see. And he gave me a perspective that I didn't even think about. Like, I was like, no, they don't know what they're talking about. They're like, and he says, what if this is really what's happening? And he said, you're focused on the house. What if we zoomed out and looked at the whole landscape? Look at the big picture. Look down, far down the road. What is this going to look like? What is it going to mean? And I began to change the way I felt. My climate began to change towards one of my child, one of my kids, as I began to think of how I can help them. Oh, wow. Why? Because I was willing to say, all right, what, am I, what, am, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? And I was open to whatever they gave. I could have become offense, uh, def, uh, defensive and said, um, or offended and said, you know what? You're, you're not better than me. Like, I can, I can raise my kids. Or I could be open to say, I need help. Imagine if Cain would have engaged with God when he said, Cain, don't go down this path. It's going to lead to destruction. What would have happened if he would have said, all right, 
I'm really upset right here. I, I'm gonna, I really want to go take it out on somebody. I want to go beat them up. I want to go kill my brother. But I'm going to take a moment, and I'm going to listen to what you have to say. And I'm going to engage here and, and invite you to lead and guide. What would have happened? Because here's the principle that the Bible talks about when it comes to life. Hopefully, watching Steve Jobs, for, 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 um, for us, is, it's sometimes the urgent it gets in front of the important. Well, this, what we're talking about today is both urgent and important because it will determine and dictate what your future is going to look like and what it's going to be when it comes to your emotional climate and your relation, relational climate with others. Because we're saying, how can we be healthy? Here's, here's the principle. In Psalms, it says, teach us to number our days so we can gain a heart of wisdom. Like, like they're saying, Let us be, help me to be so intentional with my life that I can number my days. I understand that I don't have forever to make things right. Because sometimes we get in that, right? It's like, well, 2016 is another year. You know, if I don't succeed this year, maybe 2017 or, you know, I'll get to eventually 2018. But what if we didn't live that way and rather we lived saying, what can I accomplish in one year if I was intentional and begin to get help and begin to seek for what's next and, and to seek better and make those choice, better choices? What if I asked people to help me zoom out of my reality or whatever I'm feeling to see something larger? In fact, that's what the Grove is all about. Every single week, we're trying to help people see, all right, this is what you're seeing when it comes to life. And this is maybe what you've seen your whole life. But God says there's something way bigger out there. There's something way larger. Don't get fixated just on your house and just on your little part of the picture. There's something bigger out there. For, for some of you who've come today, um, I believe that God brought you here for a reason. And some of you want to start a new year. Can I tell you the greatest thing you can do to start 2016 is have a right relationship with God first? This is what Cain didn't have, and it led him to destruction. God wants to be for you what you need this year. He wants to reflect you. He wants to help you to see what you don't see. He wants you to have a great life. He wants 2016 to be the best life that you could possibly have. He wants you to live a life of joy and passion and love. When you wake up in the morning, you have something to live for. You wake up in the morning and you, have, you look at the other climates around and you think, how can I help others see what I see? How can I help them zoom out of their, their thing, of their storm, of their whatever they're facing? How can I help them zoom out and see something larger? This is God's invitation to us. You know, God demonstrated to us, it says that he demonstrated his love to us by sending his son to die on that cross. While we didn't deserve it, he still sent it. You know, we talk about uh, strength and, and, uh, um, and tenderness, these two parts of God. He, he's strength, but he's also tender. We see this in Jesus. God says there's going to be a payment and a demand for, uh, for, for our, our sin. There's a payment that has to be, that has to be met for, for our choices. But I'm going to be tender and I'm going to give you a way to pay that. And you don't have to pay yourself. And this is the story of the Bible. God coming in a human form and saying, I want to help you. I want to help you on this journey. I want to give you an escape. I want to give you a way out. I want to give you a way to start new and fresh. So today we end service every single week with an invitation for people that maybe are far from God. Maybe you're like Cain and you're maybe angry at God. That's okay. God can handle that. And it's, it's okay to be angry, but God doesn't want you to stay there because anger will not lead you to anything good. If you live in that motion, get stuck in it. He wants you to learn to master that emotion. 
And at the right times, when it is angry, it's, it's appropriate to do the right things, but not to be led in destruction and to hurt relationships and to hurt the most important things that are greatest assets, people around us. And every single week, we give this invitation to say, if you're here today and you want to make things right with God, I want, we want to lead you in a prayer. And every single week, we have people who say, I want to make that choice and that decision. And then it's amazing to see months later, as they begin to live out God's purpose for their life, the joy and the peace that they find and they experience. Why? Because their climate changes. Wouldn't it be great? Imagine this room if all of our climates, climates and relational, emotional climates were healthy. Imagine what we can do in Santa Fe. You no longer walk through the store. I mean, if you, if you walk through the store, just look at people. You can kind of pick up on the, their climate, right? Like that person is not happy. Man, that, uh, something was going on there. And then we can be affected by it or we can be people that are aware and say, how can I help? Through this series, I pray and I hope that it will help you become better and healthier in your relationships and that your emotional climate will begin to improve and get better. Uh, do me a favor. Let's close, our, close our, our, our eyes, bow our heads as we close service today. If you're here today, maybe you're in the camp like Cain where maybe you're angry at God, maybe you're upset for something that's happened. Maybe you're like me when I had that situation, betrayal, and I had to go to somebody and say, help me. Maybe you're here today and you need help. Can I lead you in a prayer? Prayer is just a conversation. When you talk to somebody, that's all it is. It's a conversation between us and God. Can I lead you in a conversation starter saying, God, I want your help. God, help me to see what I don't see. The Bible says that if we confess our sins and we acknowledge and admit that we are far from God, that we've messed up, that we have not lived the way he wants us to, the Bible says that when we confess that, that he forgives us of our sins. And he gives us a new start. So he says, if you, if you believe in your heart and confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. If you're here today and you want to start this year off by saying, God, I want to make things right with you, would you do me a favor and lift your hand? Awesome. I'm not going to make you come down. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer from your seat. Awesome. God, I want to make things right with you. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Say, I want to start 2016 year, this year off by saying, God, help me be a new person. Help me have a new start. And I see tons of hands. Awesome, guys. Let me lead you in this prayer now. If you raise your hand, it's a simple prayer just saying, God, I, I want you to be God in my life. I want you to lead me, forgive me. I believe in you. Simple prayer. Would you pray this prayer with me? If some, of, some of our church people, would you would join us in this prayer to encourage them? Say, Father God, Today, I ask for help. Help me to see what I don't see. Please forgive me of my sins, of my past, of my choices that have led me away from you. Today, I want to have a right relationship with you. I I believe you died on that cross for me to make things right. I ask you to be God of my life. Lead me and guide me. Be my boss. Help me to have the strength and courage to do what's right. 
Whatever you ask of me, I'll follow. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate those people that pray today? So awesome. If you prayed that prayer, can I just say welcome to the family? It's, it's God, God opens his arms and says welcome. All of heaven celebrates the fact that you would say, God, I want to engage with you. I want your help. I don't want to go down a path that's going to lead to destruction. I want to go down a path that leads to life.